a new week and so much to get to here on Lockdown Bearcats. First off, spring practice starts this Saturday. My top storylines going into the spring practice ahead of the most important season in Bearcats football history. Plus, the NFL Scouting Combine is this week. A Bearcats have been invited. I'll give you my top storylines for them going into the Combine. And my latest thoughts on men's basketball after another heartbreaking loss this past weekend. It's all coming up on Lockdown Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, another week here on Lockdown Bearcats. We've made it to the end of February, February 28th of 2022. Thank you again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank of the host, the host of Lockdown Bearcats. Where today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online as you covered. This season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. So one of the legacies of last year's Bearcats football team was it feels different on the Cincinnati sports landscape. Because now when spring practice starts, it's no longer just a secondary thing. It's a primary thing. It, it is, you, you care about it. It is important to you. My first two years at the the University of Cincinnati, 2018 and 2019, spring practice started. Okay. Yeah, I got got basketball to think about here. Like, the Bearcats were on their way to the NCAA tournament. They were competing for regular season titles. Now? More on that in segment three. But now, when spring practice starts, it's a little bit more important. You you care about it more, especially after the Bearcats went to the college football playoff. It means something to you. It means something to me. Like the Bearcats are the, the journey of 2022. The journey of the most important season of Bearcats football history begins Saturday. Like this is significant, as I like to say. So I got some storylines that I'm going to be watching for in spring practice from here in Georgia, but I've got my media colleagues back home in Cincinnati that I can touch base with and see what's going on. So I've got some um, some storylines that I want to talk about. And the first one, obviously, is the quarterback battle. Who's going to get the edge? Who is going to get that starting nod You know, for September 3rd at Arkansas? Here's, here's how I look at this. Saturday starts a six-month preparation journey for a game that will make or break the season. That's in terms of going to the college football playoff. I'm not saying the season makes the season as a whole makes or breaks by the result at Arkansas. It could. I don't think it will. If the goal is to make the college football playoff, however, which it should be, then the season makes or breaks. If you lose to Arkansas, the season's done in terms of that. Because you're not going to the college football playoff. 
if you lose the first game of the season, if you lose any game, as we have come to see throughout the playoff era as a group of five team, lose one game, you're done. You beat Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some, you're going to be taken noted of. There, to quote my favorite NBA team, the Utah Jazz, shout out to David Locke. Take note. The Bearcats beat Arkansas. Take note. But the season, it's the first game of the season, and yet the playoff hopes of Cincinnati, of the Cincinnati Bearcats, hinge on the game. That's not an exaggeration. That is not an exaggeration. And going into that game, you want the be- you want the guy a quarterback, the guy you want a quarterback. You want that guy to have the to be the guy that gives you the best chance to win. Right now, that's Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant has my edge. If I'm Luke Fickle, if I'm a member of that coaching staff, Ben Bryant is my guy that I want out there week one against Arkansas on September 3rd. I believe Ben Bryant will give the Bearcats the best chance to win. No disrespect to Evan Prater whatsoever. Ben Bryant has way more experience than Evan Prater. Ben Bryant has appeared in 11 games as a Cincinnati Bearcat. He also has a full season as a college football starter behind him. Don't overlook that. Do not overlook the fact that a quarterback has a full season of college football as a starter behind him. That means, and as a quarterback, that means he is involved in the game planning. That means 14 games, potentially 13, 12, at least 12 games. He is taking the field as the leader, as the head coach extended onto the football field. That is valuable. That is powerful. By the way, he knows the Cincinnati Bearcats because he played in 11 games as a Bearcat in his three years here. He started a highly significant game for Cincinnati, a regular season finale game at Memphis that pitted two top 20 teams. That means something. It should. Ben Bryant will give you the best opportunity to go into Arkansas and win. I think the Bearcats can win that game. The Bearcats have been in the college football playoff, and they gave Alabama a lot to handle. That tells you they can beat any team in the country. Cincinnati is entering a season, coming off a college football playoff appearance. The last two seasons were the inkling of of a college football playoff berth that's been possible. At the very least, Cincinnati has two losses. One to Georgia and one to Alabama. Those two teams have not only won the last two national championships, they also played for the national championship this past year. That means something. It should to you. It does to me. Now, Evan Prater is going to get every opportunity to win the starting job. He should. He's been here for two. He's been here for two years. He's been here for two years. He has experience. He has some playing time under his belt. Prater reminds me a lot of Desmond Ritter. Raw, underdeveloped, but man, his skill set's pretty dang impressive. When Evan Prater is fully developed, I can see him being a lot like Desmond Ritter. Now, Desmond Ritter is obviously, you know, one of one. There may not be, excuse me, another quarterback like Desmond Ritter. 
But there can be another really good quarterback. The other story, another storyline I have, who emerges a corner. You know, there are so many cornerbacks going into this train, going into this spring practice. I worry about this though. I worry that because there's so many, what if one cornerback doesn't emerge as a star? First off, like no one's going to be like Desmond Ritter. No one is going to be like Sauce Gardner. No one's going to be like Kobe Bryant. But if these cornerbacks can come in, play defense, shut down the opposing wide receivers, make plays, that's all you need them to do. I'm, I, I will bet, I will bet a great deal that whoever does take over for Sauce Gardner is not going to go his whole career without allowing a touchdown. That's rare. And if it does happen, well, there you go. Tip of the cap to you. It could. I hope it does. But between all, but there, there's approximately 10 to 12 cornerbacks that are going to be vying for two, maybe three spots. But if Cincinnati has the luxury of going two, three, four deep, that's a good thing. But I do think I do think you need to find the, your best corner to where you can say, I'm putting him on this receiver. If you face Houston again, who's going up against Nathaniel Dell, a wide receiver last year that had 70-plus receptions and over 1,100 yards? Yeah, I want someone. I want, I, I, they, you need someone like that. He doesn't have to be Sauce Gardner, but he has to be number one corner material. How does the offensive line going to look? How does the offensive line look? Having all five guys return is great. It's continuity. It's great for a, it's great for a quarterback. It's great for a running back. It's great for the whole team. The offensive line is the most valuable unit in all of sports. You can have the best quarterback in the world. You can have a great receiving core. But if you can't protect the quarterback to let him deliver the ball to those receivers, what good does having those that quarterback and weapons do? I ask you that question. What good does it do? But having all five starters return, you don't have to worry about who's protecting your quarterback. That's massive. The transfers. Nick Mardner from Hawaii. If he can be that explosive receiver where you have someone that, you know, you can rely on to make a play to get you back into a game, break a game open, whatever it is, that's huge to have. In a conference that, you know, over the years I've always thought is better offensively than a a casual outsider who's a college football fan might think, you need that game-breaking receiver. There have been some high-scoring games in this conference. Cincinnati has been involved in some of those. I've seen it firsthand. I saw the ECU game in 2019. I saw the, uh, I mean, the Memphis game in 2015. I wasn't there for that game, but it was 53-46. The UCF game in 2020. Bearcats went to Orlando, had to put up 36 points to win that game. Yeah, that happened. You need someone that can, you know, be that game-breaking receiver. That can be like who Alec Pierce was. And then the running backs. Do you have a bell cow running back? It's okay if you don't. The combination of Charles McClellan, 
Ethan Wright and Ryan Montgomery. They can be, if it's a running back by committee approach, that's okay. Keeps guys fresh. You can have interchangeable running backs. They have different skill sets. I mean, look at three of the final four teams in in the NFL this season. Had, in essence, running back by committee approaches. The Rams, at three different instances this season, had a different bell cow running back, which technically could classify as a running back by committee approach. The 49ers, you know, their main source of running came from Debo Samuel, who's a wide receiver. The Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Everett-Hilaire is no way a bell cow running back. At least this year he wasn't. Jerick McKinnon got a lot of action. Did I mention the Rams won the Super Bowl? Did I mention the 49ers and Chiefs had double-digit leads in the second half of their respective conference championship games? So running back by committee approach can work. But will a bell cow running back emerge? One could. I'm not saying they won't. One could. So those are my five storylines. The quarterback battle, who emerges a corner, how does the offensive line look, should look pretty good with all five guys returning, and they were pretty good last year. Transfers and the running back room. Lots to keep track of. Um, spring practice begins Saturday. Tra- uh, spring game is Saturday, April 9th. Spring practice will conclude shortly after that. There's two practices following the spring game. Not sure why, but that's how it's going to work. Up next, um, A players from last year's team, College football playoff, Bearcats have been invited to the Combine. I'll give you my top storylines next here on Lockdown Bearcats. But first, I need to tell you about betonline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And once again, we thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Monday, February 28th of 2022. Tomorrow is the first day of the best month of the year. And that is the month of March. All right. So Cincinnati is going to be sending eight players to this year's NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. It runs Thursday through Sunday. That's at least coverage on the NFL uh, network. Get rid of that ad there so it doesn't play. So there are eight players 
that are going to the Falcon Mine. Kobe Bryant, Desmond Ritter, Alec Pierce, Myshe Sanders, Brian Cook, Jerome Ford, Darian Beavers, and Sauce Gardner. One another legacy from last year's Bearcats college football playoff team. When you go to the college football playoff, you're going to have players that are being, um, again, that are going to be noticed from scouts. You're in more national headlines. And the Bearcats this past year had eight really good players that are now going to be joining their team from their team that are now going to the combine. They're going to participate in a lot of drills with a whole bunch of NFL scouts watching. So the first storyline, obviously, is Desmond Ritter. The quarterback is, is the most important player on a team, most valuable. He touches the ball every single play. You heard Luke Fickle talk about the importance of the quarterback-head coach relationship. So Desmond Ritter is the most important player from last year's team. Mel Kiper Jr., Sunday morning on SportsCenter, brought up the – he said that Desmond Ritter is the player with the most to prove on this – in this year's combine amongst college football quarterbacks, amongst quarterback prospects. Um, Mel Kiper Jr. cited his completion percentage went down in the marquee games, Indiana, Notre Dame, and Alabama. Says Ritter has the most improved, cited the completion percentage, like I just mentioned, and that he played better against lesser competition. No crap. No ship, Sherlock. But Mel Kuyper is partially right. Because I do think there is something to performing in marquee games. When you get the opportunity. Peyton Manning was 0-4 in his career at Tennessee against Florida. Guess who Peyton Manning struggled to beat in the NFL? The New England Patriots and Tom Brady. That's somewhat carried over from college to pro, his struggles in big in marquee games. There's a reason Peyton Manning's playoff record, maybe there's a reason, is just barely over 500. Tom Brady has 30-plus postseason wins. Way more than way more playoff wins than playoff losses. How much should we um, evaluate quarterbacks in their big games? Because you only get so many of them playing in a group of five school. Matthew Stafford played at the Power Five school, and yeah, wasn't a five hundred quarterback for twelve years at Detroit, but he he has a Super Bowl ring now. He beat some pretty dang good teams in the playoffs, including Tampa Bay. Went on the road on Monday Night Football and beat Arizona, then beat him again in the playoffs. And then the Rams' kryptonite, the 49ers, beat them in the playoffs. He beat some good teams in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes was a 500 quarterback in college at Texas Tech. Every big game Texas Tech played, they lost. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl MVP and an NFL MVP behind him. He's also been to two Super Bowls. He's also been to four straight conference championship games. Every single year that he's been the starter, the Chiefs have been division champions and have hosted an AFC championship game. Josh Allen 
never sniffed the college football playoff playing in Wyoming. His senior season, I think they were eight and four. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. So there's one side, yes, Peyton Manning didn't beat Florida and struggled to beat New England, but he still won two Super Bowls. So big game performances can carry over. Um, John Elway didn't win a lot of big games in college. Took him until his uh, uh, 15th year to win a Super Bowl. He did. Patrick Mahomes was a 500 quarterback in college. Yeah, I mean, he's doing all right in the NFL, I think. And Josh Allen played at Wyoming. Josh Allen's won some big games. His record against New England is good. Sweep last year, took two out of three this year. That means something. It should. Desmond Ritter does have a lot to prove. Can he be a a big-time quarterback in the NFL? The problem is, the problem is this. Playing quarterback in the NFL today, if you don't, if you're not prolific and you don't have it or that magic, are you really going to be that great? And, and and it sucks that there's only a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that are great: Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Stafford, Rodgers, um, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's about it. That's about it. Brady had it, of course. Big Ben, Peyton. There's a select group of quarterbacks in this league where if you if you don't have it, and if you're not prolific, if you're just eh, dink and dunk all over the field, probably going to have a solid career at best. But if you're like Josh Allen, who I think Desmond Ritter reminds me of, If you can throw the ball far, if you can run, you're going to change the dynamic of your team because you're a dynamic playmaker. Other storyline I had um, coming into the combine is Sauce Gardner. You know, can he solidify his stock as a first-round draft pick? He should be a first-round draft pick. When you look at the dominance of Sauce Gardner in his college football career, when you look at his dominance – I think it's going to carry over to the NFL. He might not go his whole career, however long it is, without allowing a touchdown. But one thing he will do is he'll be a shutdown corner. And I think you're just going to see his ball skills are impressive. His covering abilities are impressive. Does he need to solidify his stock that much to be a first-round pick? Maybe. I think for sure he's going to be a second-round pick. I, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. He's a two-time all I mean, he's an All-American corner. He was a freshman All-American, and he, and he didn't even start until like the, the fifth game of the season. That should mean something to you. It should mean something to draft evaluators who are going to be there. But a legacy now is sending players to the combine. The scouting combine, where they run the 40-meter dash. They do the three cones. They do hand measurements. They do vertical jump. They do shuttle runs. They do whatever else, you know, is done there. You're now a part of that. That's this, that's this team's legacy. 
You know, I remember Dan Horde was uh, on with Scott Sloan on 700 WLW. And he was saying, this was um, before the season, Camp Ground. I went to a practice in 2019. There were no NFL scouts there. And Dan talked about the amount of NFL scouts that were at fall camp at higher ground leading up to this season. Yeah, that happened. That's how much this pro that's how far this program has come. And only will continue when UC goes to the Big 12. Uh, coming up next, though, another disappointing loss for for uh, Bearcats men's basketball over the weekend, and I I, I just I, I don't know where to go at this point. I, I I don't. But it reminds me of another team in this city. This year's team reminds me of another team in this city, and I hope they can eventually duplicate what this team did. I'll touch on that next here on Lockdown Bearcats, but first. I need to tell you about Built Bar because, you know, this is that time of year where I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to it by eating right, thanks to Built Bar. My resolution is to eat right, so I'm going to use Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Mmm. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite because with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, mmm, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-end protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bars are only 130 calories. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of Built.com. And once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first Listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Monday, February 28th of 2022. One day away from the best first day of the best month of the year. That is the month of March. But the Bearcats will not be playing the kind of games, the kinds of games you wish they were playing. And it, it and that's what's most frustrating to me. Less than five years ago, this team was winning. This team won a regular season title. This team won a regular season title as the number 10 team in the country. This team was a top 10 team, a number two seed in the tournament. They are a far cry from that right now. They are now middle, bottom of the middle of the pack in a mid-major conference. You've got Joe Lunardi, Sunday morning, midnight on SportsCenter, saying that St. Mary's, St. Mary's, has been the most consistent mid-major program of the last 15 years. First off, not true. Second of all, though, he's got a point. St. Mary's, I mean, they're number, as of right now, number 23. They're number one in the country. Uh, if they just beat rather the number one team in the country in Gonzaga. And uh, a former UC player is having a big say in their success in Logan Johnson. 
I mean, that that St. Mary's team is pretty good. I, I am intrigued to see how far they go in the tournament. It's it just where the Bearcats are right now. I mean, they are just – it's just a bunch of individual players playing a game of playing a game. It's like they're playing open gym. There's no harmony. There's no um, symphony being orchestrated. It's just – it's lifeless. I mean, it it sucks to watch this team play right now. First off, if you didn't watch the game Saturday or Saturday, I commend you. They lose 56 to 54 Cincinnati to South Florida. A team that was 7 and 20 overall, 2 and 13 in conference play coming in. And they and Cincinnati let them win on their home floor on senior night. Russell Chihuahua, or Chihuahua, whatever his name is, game winning bucket at the buzzer. Bearcats dropped to 1 and 5 in their last six games. 17 and 12 overall, 7 and 9 in conference play. Embarrassing. 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 And I, at first, I'm like, when was the last time the Bearcats went one in five over a six game stretch? Well, it turns out last year it happened. It turns out that the Bearcats, who are three and seven in their last 10 games, also went three and seven over a 10 game span last year. This is the second straight year that this is who the Bearcats are. They're not very good. They're not very good. No one fears them. They are an inferior opponent to many teams in this conference. They are inferior, incapable of winning any game at this point. They've lost three straight games. This team used this program never lost three straight games. It felt like. Even last year, when I, even John Brandon's first season at Cincinnati, never lost three games in a row. Never happened. And that first season was tumultuous. Never lost three games in a row. Rarely did a Mid-Corona team lose, team lose three games in a row. This, this program has, has now lost five of the last six. They are a far cry from where they were five four years ago when they were winning a regular season title. And being talked about as the Final Four team. This program is not that. Mick Cronin arguably did better his first season than Wes Miller's doing right now. Wes Miller, I think, is I think is going to work out. I believe he's a good coach. I do believe that. But it's not working right now. These players are just simply not playing to win games. They're not doing what they need to do to win games. They're not playing hard enough. They're just going out there and playing the game. Which is fine if you're playing hard and you're winning. If you're playing hard and you're winning and you're going to the final four, it's it's it's, it's easy for a coach to say, "All right, just go out there and play." But what are they playing to do? What are they trying to do? They can't shoot threes. They have no post presence. They turn the ball over way too many times. This is not a good team. Ever since the end of the 2019-20 season, this has not been the same program. When you talk about COVID-impacting programs around the country, Cincinnati has bared the brunt of that and done some. It's still unknown and always will be unknown if that Bearcats team in 2020 would have made the NCAA tournament. They were literally on the bubble. It was going to be a fight like hell to get in that tournament. 
in the AAC tournament. It was going to be a dogfight. We don't know if they would have. But ever since then, because John Brandon didn't adapt to the pandemic challenges, he lost players to the transfer portal. Wes Miller comes in, is able to lure some of them back. But Tari Eason doesn't return. Mamadou um, Diar does not return. Keith Williams does not return. And who are you left with? You know, Wes Miller, you know, lures some guys from UNC Greensboro and Clemson and Central Arkansas, but, I mean, it just hasn't worked. And now you really do wonder where this program is going. You really do wonder. You really do wonder that. And they remind me in, in many ways of Zach Taylor's first two seasons with the Bengals. Excuse me. Zach Taylor's teams, he talked about who they wanted to be. Fastest team on the field every Sunday. Character. You know, culture. And yet, his first season every Sunday, they just went out there and played the game of football. What were they trying to do? They weren't playing to win. There was no plan. There was no, all right, we're going to play like this. We're going to have this plan. No, nothing. And you wondered at times in his first two seasons, what direction is this franchise going in? Well, we clearly know that now. You wonder with Wes Miller at the helm, you wonder where this program is going to go. I think Wes Miller was a good hire. I think it's going to work out. But the players that are on this team right now just simply aren't capable of playing at the level of Cincinnati basketball that we have been accustomed to seeing over the last 30 years. And yeah, let me tell you, it sucks not being a part of, you know, the madness. Knowing you're knowing the Bearcats are likely not going to the NCAA tournament. Like regular season games were fun leading up to the NCAA tournament because they were all a part of the journey to the tourney. It was fun my first two years at Cincinnati. Fun my third year. Last year, not so much. West Miller has not elevated this team. They can't even beat USF on their home floor. What am I what am I supposed to do as a fan? They play SMU in Houston this week. Whew. Good luck. I mean, that's going to be, dare I say, hell. The Bearcats are in danger of finishing 7-11 and 11 in conference play. That hasn't happened since the first years in the Big East with Mick Cronin. But the roster cobbled together. It's embarrassing, honestly, where this program is right now. And not only Cincinnati. By the way, Sam Mary's in the last 15 years. Six NCAA tournaments, one Sweet 16, highest seeds, the seventh seed. But yet what they're doing right now is pretty admirable. I see what Joe Lunardi's saying. Like, St. Mary's playing in, a, in the West Coast Conference. A conference that is historically a one-bid league or a conference that, you know, um, some years is just a one-bid league. Might be more than that this year. With For sure, St. Mary's is going. Um, and for sure, and maybe San Francisco, and for sure, Gonzaga. I just, but I just, man, 
for for even the thought to think that St. Mary's is more consistent than Cincinnati over the last 15 years, it shows where the Bearcats are right now. And it's not just Cincinnati. Xavier's struggling too. And I'm not trying to talk too much about them on a Bearcats podcast, but in the last 30 years, they have 22 NCAA tournaments, five top four seeds, three times they've been to the, to the Elite Eight. Um, they haven't gone four straight years without making the NCAA tournament since 1979 through 1982. This city's college basketball scene, and I know this city's not a basketball town, but damn it, it's been pretty good. This year, eh, not so much. Just four years ago, Cincinnati was a two-seed. Xavier was a one-seed. The possibility was there that both teams could go to the Final Four. Can you imagine if that those two teams met in a Final Four game? <laughs> yeah, the city of Cincinnati <laughs> leading up to that game. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can talk about that right now. You can dream about it right now. That ain't going to happen. Where do we go? Where does this program go from here? I think they have to get better. Something has to give. There's too proud of a history within this program for it to continue to be like this. This is still UC's signature sport. We don't know if football is going to sustain the success it had this year. Right now, I think it's easy to say they will and that this school is football first. Basketball has been its signature sport of the last 30 years. You're just going to wipe it off the you're just going to wipe it off the face of the university as, as its signature program because of, you know, two downtrodden seasons. But that's the importance that this that this program has to get better. I think they will. But confidence is starting to waver a little bit. And even a, a miracle run in March, would that really make me think that this team is that this program is going to get better? Or is that just going to be like, yeah, you you were on the, the magic side of March? I don't know. We'll find out. Way more to get to this week's spring practice. NFL com, scouting combine Bearcats do have two games this week. Basketball at SMU tomorrow night at Houston on Thursday night. Uh, maybe try to work a guest on a guest or two on this week leading up to the big football events this week. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now make your second your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter. Al, uh, Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore and Email me at Alex3FrankieGmail.com. That's all lowercase, Alex, the number three, FrankieGmail.com. Thank you again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. And until I talk to you all tomorrow, I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, and have a great rest of your Monday.